Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. We're glad that you're with us here on the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, whether you're folding laundry, doing the dishes, making dinner, whatever it is that you're doing, you might be outside going for a run, we're glad that you're taking some time to study God's Word. For the last several weeks, actually really the last six episodes starting today makes uh, number uh, six, and so we've had six episodes dedicated to the family. We called it Family Vacation, that we are taking some time away from our regular scheduled podcast to try to equip you for the vacation time that's coming up here in the next three weeks as we break for the summer. And we really are excited that we have the opportunity today to close out our season over these next three weeks with my dad, B.J. Clark. And I'm going to give him an opportunity to talk about the works that he's involved in, and uh, we'll turn it over to him now. Yes, yeah, a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to uh, talk about uh, Memphis School of Preaching. It's my primary work, and I've been privileged to work with the school since 2006 on a part-time basis, and then since uh, 2007 full-time basis and now privileged to uh, direct the school and I have a great affection for the school my dad you know your papa went to the school of preaching from 1970 to 72 and was a very successful student I heard stories my whole life growing up about his heroes the teachers that he had and uh, so uh, we're always looking for gospel preachers, and uh, it's a joy to be able to teach them and have them go out and go places we'll never go. One of the things we do at the Memphis School of Preaching that I'm really enthused by is our foundations program in which we take young people, both uh, boys and girls, 13 to 19 years old, and give them a week of special training and uh, it's something that uh, we started in 2007 or 8, uh, and it's just grown and grown. It started out as a boys' program only, mm-hmm. 27 students. You know you were in the, right. <laughs> the early years right. of foundations, and now you're helping out with it uh, as one of the staff members. Uh, that girls' program was then added, and it's grown. And so every year we have over 100 uh, campers that mm-hmm. come our way. One year we had 227, which was really yeah. a challenge. So a uh, foundation takes place every June right after graduation, uh, which is Father's Day. And then uh, I do a program with Mike Hickson called Counterpoint, in which we just sit and talk the Bible, and it's kind of like eavesdropping on a Bible study. Right. And uh, it's... Uh, Mike will say, well, some people say this, what does the Bible say? How do you counter this religious view? And we let the Bible do its own talking. And a lot of folks have been converted or uh, restored from watching. So it's a blessing to be involved in those areas. Yeah, it's it's been a very good work, successful work. And in regards to foundations and even the Memphis School of Preaching, you can go to msop.org to check out the school, and also applications may not yet have closed by the time this is airing for foundations, and so if you're interested in attending the camp, you can always check that, and I'll post those down in the show notes for you if you want to go and look there. Uh, You can find those websites and be able to go and maybe enroll for this summer 
for foundations or this upcoming quarter at the Memphis School of Preaching. We would be happy to have you. In fact, that at this time that is being aired out into the podcast airwaves, I now work for the Memphis School of Preaching as a recruiter. And so if any of you have any questions about the school or anything of that nature, uh, you can feel free to contact me through the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com, and I will be glad to message you back and get you in touch with the information about the school and the works that are going on there. It's an excellent work. Uh, it's where I went to school from 15 to 17, and um, just so excited to be able to work with them and the good work that they're all involved in. Now, as we look at our topic for today, and really the next three weeks, it's persistence in the home. And the idea of persistence or persevering is, in my mind, I always think of athletes. I'm a big sports fan. I got that from my dad watching sports growing up with him and learning about men like Peyton Manning, who watched hours of film every day, just so on game day for three hours, he could point at a defensive player and say, I know what you're doing because I watched 30 plus hours of film on you over the last five days. That's the idea of persistence is that dedication and trying to showcase that as you're preparing for something. And the home is no different. The family is no different. And we want to talk about Deuteronomy chapter 6 today about allowing God to be present in the home. That's part of persistence. And so I want to ask you, Dad, first of all, of our first questions of the three that we have, why is Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 5 still relevant today? Well, it's interesting that when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command, he actually cited this text, not one of the Ten Commandments, but this passage in which verse 5 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And then he went on to say right after that, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. But it doesn't stop there. This is where that persistence that you're talking Mm -hmm. about factors in. Because look at the next verse. Thou shalt teach them diligently, which includes both carefully Mm -hmm. and regularly, persistently, You teach them to your children. How regular, how persistent are we talking? Well, verse 7 says you talk of it when you're just sitting in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You mentioned at the beginning of the program that a lot of people might be doing various things right now, Mm -hmm. and yet every one of those people in doing those various things are learning God's Word to some degree by listening to a discussion of it. And so that's the way the parent can look for opportunities. I remember when you kids were growing up, sometimes we'd be driving down the road, Mm -hmm. and one of you would say, oh, another teachable moment from Dad, (laughs) because I might see something that would remind me of a biblical principle and I thought, well, we got all captive here in the car. <laughs> right. We can uh, just talk about uh, God's Word as we drive down the road. And so uh, this is not something you do in just Sunday school. Uh, you've got to be willing to do your own work in the home in teaching. Sunday school ought to be a supplement right. to the home, not the major curriculum or source of curriculum for our kids, our children. It needs to start in the home. And you might remember, you listeners that have been with us this whole season, Brother Robert Jeffries actually mentioned that there are there are really a lot of major entities in life that we deal with. There's there's government, there's the church, there's the home. And he said of, of those three, you spend the most time 
in the home. You know, the government, you might hear something a couple of times a week, or you might hear about something, get news updates. Now with smartphones and other things, you can see a lot more about the government than you really ever could. The church, you know, there are times where there are events going on for every day of that particular week, but typically you have the regular meeting times and maybe some type of outreach programs, edification programs, but then you got to go home. You got to go somewhere. And so that persistence in the home, if you rely on the government to take care of your family or you rely on the church to take care of your family, you're you're not going to have a family like God would want you to have it. And I was thinking before you said it about those teachable moments with dad that we would joke about in the car. And now I find myself driving down the road and going, great, it rubbed off on me. I'm now thinking of these teachable moments. But in reality, there's going to be a time where Adam is in the car and I say, hey, son, and look at this. Here's what the Bible has to say about this. Mm -hmm. And to think about Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 5, all those years ago, Jesus pointing back to it, and it's still being relevant now in 2022, is really impressive. And thinking about that it's going to last, if the world lingers another thousand years, to 3,022. We'll long be dead. Maybe this podcast is somehow still out there, and someone listens to it. But the fact is still going to be the case that these passages teaching and admonishing the parents to be diligent and persistent in what they're doing is very critical and important. And I think as we kind of segue to the second question, this is where it gets more difficult because the world doesn't really do a good job of following Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 5, do they? No. In fact, uh, it would require them to love someone more than they love themselves. And that's the challenge really for all of us Mm -hmm. is to put God first. It's not original with me, but... It's still nevertheless true. The middle letter of the word sin and the middle letter of the word pride, the same letters, it's I and what I focus on, what I want versus what God wants, that makes uh, it challenging to serve God because I'm really more interested in serving myself. That's why Jesus says if you want to follow him, number one thing you've got to be willing to do mm-hmm. is deny self take up your cross, which is an instrument of death, put self to death, and then follow him. And that's not easy for people to do because they abdicate their own governorship of their lives, essentially, and say, God, I'm I'm letting you drive. I'm going to right. follow you. And, you know, it's interesting when Jesus talked about the greatest command, why is this the greatest command? Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. That's the greatest command because if I do that and I find out that God wants me to do this or doesn't want me to do X, but he does want me to do Y, then I'm going to say, all right, I'll do whatever you say because I love you. Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments, John fourteen fifteen, And then First John 5, 3 says, This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, a connection between denying self and loving the Lord. But, you know, I find it easier to deny myself when I'm wrapped up in the person that I'm with 
and I love them. Uh, a mom doesn't find it hard to do for her children because she loves her children. That's right. A husband and a wife feel like they can love one another uh, as husband and wife because they care about each other. And that, that makes all the difference. Uh, so love is such a key to this. And I think I mentioned this when we were on together the last time a couple of years ago. When we were in preaching school and you taught us the book of Deuteronomy, you drove one specific chapter before the, the student body. It's 28, Deuteronomy 28. If you remember nothing else, remember Deuteronomy 28. And there's 68 verses in that chapter. Yeah. And the first 14 are the positive blessings that God will give you if you follow him. And the rest of the chapter, 15 through 68, is here's what will befall you and come your way if you deny and leave me. But I would submit, and I know you'll agree with this, if the families would have just been Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 10, we would have never had to worry about 15 through 68 of chapter 28. They would have been doing what God had commanded them, and they would have never been in danger of ever having that as a problem. But what we know as we see the rest of the story of the Bible unfold is they didn't do that. They denied what he had been giving to them and the doctrine and the truths that he had said to impart to their children. They did not do a good job of that. In fact, we're told in Nehemiah 8 that since the days of Joshua, they had not kept the Feast of the Booths, and that had been for years, decades, where family after family did not do something that they had been commanded to do, and it started with some family not requiring their family to do what God commanded them to do. And so long before 28 was written and really even enacted, they had an opportunity to know what God expected of them in a short 10 verses of what they really needed to do. And the same is true for the world today. You know, as you were talking about that, I was able to fold the page of my Bible where Deuteronomy 28 is located and have it kind of be right alongside of Deuteronomy 6. And Deuteronomy 6, this is how Deuteronomy 6 begins. Now, these are the commandments, notice commandments, statutes, judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it. And there, here's now Deuteronomy 28.1. It shall come to pass if you will hearken diligently. There's that persistence mm -hmm. you were talking about unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, the Lord will set you on high above all nations of the earth. These blessings will come on you. They'll actually overtake you if you hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. And if you go back to Deuteronomy 6, you'll note there in verse 2, he says, you fear the God and keep his commandments you and your son and your son's son all the days of your life, that thy days may be prolonged. If we could only get people to see the quality life mm -hmm. is the life of submission to God's commandments. His commandments are designed not to rob us of joy, but to really give us the ultimate joys here and hereafter. Yeah, when children follow after their parents' teaching, we're told in Ephesians 6, 3, it may be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. You'll have longer, more prolonged days if you'll just listen to the instruction of your mother and father in the Lord. And it's the same thing 
all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Deuteronomy 28. And you, you really can't say that this was some last minute effort that Jesus decided we need to be focused on the home when he made that statement. This is what we need to be focusing on. It always started in the home. If Adam and Eve had taken better care of the home that they had been given by God, they would not have been kicked out of it. If they had listened to the instruction that God had given them and not eaten of that tree, if Cain had shown respect for human life, I mean, we could go on and on and on with these examples of not showing the persistence and following the law that God has given and how it ended up devastating the people that didn't follow it. The whole book of Judges alone shows us what happens when God's people don't follow after the law and the truth. And here we have the world thousands of years now separated from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And yet we're denying what would save us and what would spare us from the punishments that we're facing right now and the problems that we're facing right now in both our country and our world and in the days that are to come with whatever happens next that comes out that is sinful and trying to be pushed and promoted. And so that is a major part of what we've been talking about today. And the last part of this really becomes who do we get to train? You know, should the church you know, need, does the church, I should say, need and expect to train their parents to do a better job than maybe we're currently trying to train and expect our parents to do in regards of letting God be in the home? And if so, how do we do that? You know, we can't, the elders can't just walk into someone's house and say, I command you to do this. So how do, how do we handle getting our parents to do it? Since elders are to feed the flock, they make sure that the food that is needed for the mind to know how to be a good parent is made available on the menu by Bible classes that have been designed to be on the subject of parenting, what the Bible says about parenting, uh, through sermons that they ask the local preacher to preach. And so if you want to have better parents, you're going to have to have educated parents. Parents educated in what? (laughs) Educated in the best child-rearing manual that's ever been written and that's the Bible. Uh, of course, philosophy and psychology tells us uh, all kinds of things about what's the best way to raise children. But God knows more about that than anyone because he made man. So he knows what makes man tick. Mm-hmm. And he knows that if we could just get men to follow his precepts, what a difference it would make. As a matter of fact, there in verse 3 of Deuteronomy 6 He says, Israel, if you observe to do it, it may be well with thee, and you will increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. And so the idea is, if you teach your children what they need to know, and he says, how much front and center should it be? Verse 8 of Deuteronomy 6, bind them for a sign on your hand. People write things on their hands sometimes because they don't ever want to forget it. Mm -hmm. As frontlets between your eyes, something, in other words, right front and center in your life. Write them on the post of your house and on thy gates. And he says, if you do that, then indeed you will be blessed. And children need to be reminded of how good God has been to us and uh, what they can do to show God appreciation. And so if we can educate our parents, they can in turn educate the children, and those children can grow up and educate their children, and so on and so forth. It's a wonderful uh, cycle of instruction that makes the difference. 
and it doesn't have to be complicated. No. We, we've tried to make child rearing complicated. There are thousands of books, and each one of them has thousands of different methods to try, where God's probably just sitting there in heaven saying, I gave you the easiest option of manual to follow. It This way does not fail, and if it doesn't fail, just go back to the way that works. And as we try to to have God being present in the home, we really need our parents to do their part on that because the children, I've heard it said before, if we could just get the children to want to come to church, the parents will come with them. I just don't really know that I find that to be true because children don't have a car. They don't have a license to drive. And my son, as much as I love him, no matter how many times he asks me to do something, if I don't want to do it or I don't see the value in doing it, it's not happening. And so we've got to convince our parents to show the love for God so that their children will see that and want to imitate it. And they may not be guaranteed to, but they've got a better chance of doing it if mama and daddy are doing it themselves. Because actions speak louder than words. My mom used to tell me she didn't come up with that, but she surely believed in it and taught me over and over. You can say all the right words, but if you don't show it by your actions, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And so parent can say all the right things to the children, but if the parent doesn't try to put God first, right. I remember hearing this story about uh, this parent that they found a stray dog and the children, his children just fell in love with the stray dog. And then they saw a sign up that there was a lost dog. And it said this lost dog had a full black coat with just three white hairs on his neck that were very prominent. The rest of him was shiny black. And this father, when his children said, Dad, we don't want to give this dog back. We love this dog. Plucked those three hairs from that dog, those three white hairs from that dog in front of his children. And what lesson did he teach them when he did that? That he might, that our dad loves us enough to cheat for us and deceive. And someone saw the dog and thought it was theirs. And he said, Now wait, didn't you say your dog had three white hairs on the neck? Yes. Do you see three white hairs on this dog's neck? No, sir. So this can be your dog, and the children witnessed all this. And so what effect is that going to have? Right. It's really important that the parents set the standard yep. and just hope and pray that their children will pick up the standard and take it on. And uh, that's always the goal. And I'm thankful to you, Dad, for being on the program this week. You're going to be here next week, and um, I'm going to tell something about you next week that I'm not saying anything about now. I want the people to tune in next week to find out what it is. Uh, it won't be too embarrassing or anything like that, but uh, we're glad that you joined the program today and be back the next two weeks to close out the season. As always, we want to remind you about the Scattered Abroad Network. We have content for every day of the week, and we are trying to do our best to promote the Bible in this messed up and crazy world to try to give the truth and to be a beacon to you that are trying to get to heaven, which is the goal of this specific podcast, to look at the Bible, to look at our lives, and to make sure that we're making the decisions that best please and promote godliness. And so, until next week, let's please God now so our eternity can be far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. 
And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.